Heavenly Father, blessed be to thy holy name. Lord, we thank you for we see your hand every day in our lives. Morning by morning, you've brought your creative power to light. Thou upholdest all things, and from thee all things came forth. And we believe that because that thou sittest upon the thrones and control our lives and directs the spheres and activities of the universe, will rest our case and rest our mind upon thee. Help us, O Lord, to keep our minds stayed upon thee. Even as we read your word, help us, direct us in how to walk and live today. In Jesus' precious name, Amen. Our High Calling, September 3 A School for Mind and Morals And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Revelation chapter 15 verse 3 The great architect has formed and fashioned the scenes of nature that they may have an an important bearing upon man's intellectual and moral character. These are to be God's school to educate the mind and morals. Here, the mind may have a vast field for study in the display of the majestic works of the Infinite One. The rocks are among the precious things of earth, containing treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In the rocks and mountains are registered the fact that God did destroy the wicked from off the earth by a flood. Men thought themselves wiser than God and altogether too wise to obey the statutes and precepts of Jehovah. The rich things of earth which God had given them did not lead them to obedience but away from obedience because they misused their choice favors of heaven and made the blessings given them of God objects to separate from God. And because they became satanic in their nature rather than divine, the Lord sent the flood of waters upon the old world. God is full of mercy and plenteous in mercy, but he will by no means acquit those who neglect the great salvation he has provided. The long-lived antediluvians were swept from the earth because they made void the divine law. God will not again bring from the heavens above and the earth beneath waters as his weapons to use in the destruction of the world. But when next his vengeance shall be poured out against those who despise his authority, they will be destroyed by fire, concealed in the bowels of the earth, awakened into intense activity by fires from heaven above. Then from the purified earth shall arise a song of praise. Blessing and honor and glory and power 
be unto him that sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb forever and ever. Revelation chapter 5 verse 13 Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. And everyone who has made the heavenly treasure the first consideration will join in the glad, triumphant strain. Amen. The title of our devotion is A School for Mind and Morals. And what is it that is a school for mind and morals? It is nature. Our high calling, page 252, paragraph 2, the first paragraph of our devotion says, The great architect, which is God, has formed and fashioned the scenes of nature that they may have an important bearing upon man's intellectual and moral character. These are to be God's school to educate the mind and morals. End of quote. These are to be God's school, that is, the scenes of nature, even in its marred state. It is God's school to educate the mind and morals. And you would agree with me, in our devotion yesterday, we already saw in various ways how nature is a school for us. And the person who brought out so many lessons from nature was none other than our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He used nature as his own textbook to make him understand God, his Father, and the things which are spiritual. And we also have the same opportunity to learn from him how he draws out lessons from nature very easily. And we too can learn how to draw lessons out of the things that we see in nature. A mind that is dwelling, like David said in our devotion yesterday, that muses on the works of God's hands. The mind that meditates on all his works will learn to draw out lessons for mind and morals from nature. Not just lessons for mind and morals, but intellectual lessons and things that will help us to grow intellectually and morally. Look at what we call intelligence today. It is still the study of nature. People are studying nature and they are learning many things from nature. People study the birds and then they produce the aeroplane. They study insects and then they get the helicopter. They study the four-footed animals and there we have the cars. They study the caterpillar and there we have the caterpillar and the trains. It is from these lessons in nature that even men get wisdom to do the things that they do. Especially when you look at the aeroplanes, great study was made on birds to know how to make that buoyancy in the air. And also the ships. It is from nature that man gets his intellectual lessons. But also moral character. We get it from nature. Paul, speaking in the book of Romans 1 under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said concerning this about God reading from Romans 1 verse 20 for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse because that 
when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and to birds, and four-footed beasts, and creeping teens. Wherefore God gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the Creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. In this text, we find a summary of what our study for today is, a school for mind and morals. If you want to learn how to get lessons from nature, we already looked at that in yesterday's devotion, how we can get moral lessons from nature, from the trees, the branch and the vine representing Jesus Christ and us. Then we look at the fruits that the trees bear representing character. We also looked at the birds and we looked at the flowers and we looked at the rocks. But today, the focus for us, the moral lesson we learn from nature that we are going to look at is just summarized in what I read in Romans chapter 1, talking about how nature, some people raise the earthly things, the earthly treasures above God, above the heavenly things and the consequences of that. And we see it around us. It had happened before and that's what Paul was talking about, about the past and even prophesying about the future, how in the past people have exalted the things of nature above the God of nature and the consequences of that. And in the antediluvians, that is the men who lived before the flood, the people who lived before the flood, there we see subject matter to study on the consequences of raising earthly treasures, earthly things above God, above heavenly things, and worshipping the things of God and neglecting God himself. A school for mind and morals, we find it in the rocks and the mountains, in the ragged rocks and the mountains, unsymmetrical as they are, there is a lesson for us. What is it that made the mountains the way they are? What is it that made the rocks the way they are? Why do we see these irregular patterns on the mountains? Is that how they were? Of course, the scientists have even confirmed that floods, a flood is what has caused a lot of what we see in the irregularity of the mountains and the terraced uh, mountains, the seabeds and all of that. We see mountains buried under the sea. How come? And also, many other evidences of the flood around us. Men have found oyster shells, very large oyster shells of about six feet wide. You don't see that today. That is an evidence that once upon a time, the animals which we see today looking so tiny and in our eyes small were once big. The Bible in the book of Genesis chapter 6 talks of a world different from that which we see now. In the book of Genesis 6 verse 4 says, there were giants in the earth in those days and also after that when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men and they bare children to them the same became mighty men which were of old men of renown do you know what it is to be a man of renown 
The Bible describes them as giants in physical stature, but in their mind, in their capabilities, they are called men of renown. What does it mean to be a man, man of renown? To be renowned, I just read it from the dictionary, famous for their intellectual capacity. It says, fame, celebrity, wide recognition, reports of nobleness and exploits. That is, these were people who were capable of much exploits. And of course, you know that the meaning of exploits is to have great achievements. Great achievements. So these were men who had stunning exploits, who were able to achieve great things. Giants in those days. And the animal creation was also different at that time. But the lesson we learn from it is the life that these people lived before the flood. Reading in our devotion today in our high calling, page 252, paragraph 3, it says, Men thought themselves wiser than God and altogether too wise to obey the statutes and precepts of Jehovah. The rich things of earth which God had given them did not lead them to obedience, but away from obedience, because they misused their choice favors of heaven and made the blessings given them of God objects to separate them from God. And because they became what? Satanic in their nature rather than divine, the Lord sent the flood of waters upon the old world. End of quote. And now I was saying, the old world which we are talking about, this is the world of the Andaluvians. It's a completely different world from the one in which we live in now. In fact, Peter talks about these two different worlds in the book of 2 Peter, reading chapter 3. He says in verse 4 that some people would say, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Now look at verse 5. He says, For this they willingly are ignorant of that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished but the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men here Peter talks about two worlds he talks about the world that then was perished it was destroyed and now we have a different world in that world they were giants both man and beast were giants and we see evidences of it some people look at the dinosaurs and wonder where did these things come from for some because they want to hold the credibility of the bible say oh those things are fake they're nothing like dinosaurs well let me tell you there indeed was something called dinosaurs but they don't exist today but the spirit of prophecy is it furnishes an explanation to us as to why we see these anomalies reading about the flood reading about the flood now in the book the spirit of prophecy volume 1 page 69 paragraph 1 the inspiration says but if there was one sin above another which called for the destruction of the race by the flood it was the base crime of amalgamation of man and beast which defaced the image of god and caused confusion everywhere 
God proposed to destroy by a flood that powerful, long-lived race that had corrupted their ways before him. He would not suffer them to live out the days of their natural life, which would be hundreds of years. Page 78, paragraph 2 of the same book says, Every species of animals which God had created was preserved in the ark. The confused species which God did not create, which were the result of amalgamation, were destroyed by the flood. Since the flood, there has been amalgamation of man and beast, as may be seen in the almost endless varieties of species of animals and in certain races of men. End of quote. Here, inspiration supplies an explanation for the bones of these dinosaurs that people are seeing and wondering, where are they now? Here it says clearly that the men before the flood, these renowned men, you see, this so-called science, false science, as Paul says, science falsely so-called has so corrupted the minds of people today that when we look back and try to imagine Adam and Eve and the people before the flood, we think of them as ancient cavemen who knew nothing about intelligence and wisdom. But when you look around you at the th- things you see, you wonder, who made this? If you say they were unintelligent, what about the stone hedges? Man, today do not have the technology to even build the pyramids, yet they say that the people before us were dumb. We don't have, take note, the technology to move one stone from these great pyramids. The technology, we don't have it. Yet we claim that those people were dull, dumb cavemen who knew nothing about intelligence. What would they have taken to cut those stones into shape from the quarry? and to move them from their place to where they place them and fit them into shape if it is not mathematical calculations beyond what we can think of today. And then what about the stone hedges placed in a circular form used for many things like a calendar? The stones placed round one upon another, huge stones, the stone hedges, who did that? The ancient men of old. And then we see many other evidences around us of the creations of these ancient men and then we ask were they dull people as they claim that man was evolving as animals and then very dull until what we are today is that so of course it is not so these men who live before the flood especially those before the flood are nothing like what we are today they had abilities beyond our thinking and the things that they did that's why the bible called them men of renown exploits who achieved great things one of them as we see now in the inspiration is this amalgamation wicked amalgamation of man and beast that produced some animals different from what we see today and god ensured that none of those animals were preserved and that's why you see how big those dinosaurs are probably they may not have entered the ark God did not preserve them because these were destructive animals made for what purpose? Just for destruction, for experiments and men were just making them these men of renown. And you see it was the kind of scientific experiments these men were doing was abhorring to God. I like to remind us what, what I read said now. He said if there was one sin above another that caused God to destroy these people before the flood, it was this particular thing of 
mixing the species and creating different species of animals which they still do today even coronavirus is enhancing what they call gain-of-function research increasing the capability of viruses to infect man and destroy them the people before the flood were doing even greater experiments than this man is doing it today merging things to create destructive microbes and also animals and today and in the past it was also done by these men of renown creating animals that were not in the image of what God will say this is an animal and what did God do he destroyed them with a flood and when we look around us we see the evidences maybe not in our own vicinity but around the world like I mentioned earlier where were the dinosaur bones found they were found on mountains and they were stacked one upon another and that is evidence of a flood you want to know how a flood does well after a flood and the flood subsides it usually leaves solid deposits stacked one upon another you see dead bodies of humans or animals stacked one upon another because the flood carries everything and it flow it flows the, the water keeps flowing and flowing and deposits somewhere and then it draws back and when it draws back all the solid deposits are kept in one place and that is how the dinosaurs were found stacked one upon another on mountains why mountains because the bible tells us that the flood the waters of the flood covered the whole earth to the top of the mountains what's in a, what is an oyster shell doing on the top of a mountain you can go and check this i'm saying oyster shells very large ones like six feet wide found on top of mountains not just one stacks of them what else could have taken oyster shells on top of mountains if it wasn't that there was once a flood that covered the whole earth and top of every mountain of this earth and so that when the flood started to subside it left solid residues and deposits and one of the things left there were these oyster shells and the dinosaurs which were not preserved kept on the mountains evidences of what of what god will do to the world when we choose to go and corrupt our wisdom reminds me of satan in the book of ezekiel chapter 28 we are told of what lucifer did to himself god has given us great talents in our abilities and also he has spread around the world resources which are to be used for the benefit of man but what is man doing with his intelligence and resources what is man doing with it he's doing the same thing that satan did with his own intelligence here talking about satan in ezekiel 28 reading from verse 12 it says son of man take up a lamentation upon the king of tyrus and say unto him thus saith the lord god thou sealest up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty so here is satan two things full of wisdom perfect in beauty but what did he do in verse uh, 15 now it says thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created till iniquity was found in thee what is iniquity sin what is sin going against god's law so satan went against god's law in heaven to those who say that the law was given to the israelites in sinai just by the way there was already law in heaven and if there was no law satan wouldn't have sinned in heaven satan sinned because there was always a law in heaven and that law was always there for adam and for everyone it is not for the jews it is for everybody even satan had a law that was controlling him if not there will be nothing like iniquity so satan committed iniquity but what was the reason verse 
17 says thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness i will cast thee to the ground i will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities by the iniquity of thy traffic therefore will i bring forth a fire from the midst of thee it shall devour thee and i will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee amen so the lesson here is do you have wisdom do you have talents do you have beauty are you corrupting your beauty and your wisdom what are you using your intelligence to do are you using it to also do what the antediluvians did using the intelligence and the resources god has given to us to create bioweapons or to deceive people on the internet instead of you to use it to learn very important things the internet is a good thing the laptop is good the phone is good and all these equipments around us are good but men have used their wisdom to create these things which god helped them to do but are corrupting it by the use they are making of it what of the potatoes what of the wheat and the barley what are they doing with it you can't even find barley to eat because the barley is being used to make beer and the hops what are they using it to do and the potatoes to create beer man is corrupting the resources that god gave to him and this was what the antediluvians did and that was what satan did corrupting his wisdom what are we using our wisdom to do some are using it to create weapons when you go to the countries that are the top countries of the world the powers us russia uk france germany the spending on on weapons the spending on military is higher than every other uh, expenses that they have in their budget men are using their intelligence to create weapons of mass destruction that is what intelligence is being used for now corrupting our wisdom and the resources the lord has given us in the earth the the new the resources that are rare the gold the silver titanium lithium and all these uh, resources scattered all around the earth they are being re- they are being extracted but for what purpose not for good ends this was what the antediluvians did and what was the result we are told in our devotion here that god destroyed them because they misused the things that god gave to them it says they made the blessings given them of god objects to separate them from god and because they became satanic in their nature rather than divine the lord sent the flood of waters upon the old world and today the lord has prepared another way to do the same thing when you look at nature for example when you look at the volcanoes do you know the bible talks about the volcanoes and how the volcanoes erupt i mean the science behind it you'll be surprised to see what the bible says about it and also the formation of coal and crude you see every time you use kerosene and and you use petrol remember how these things were formed i'm reading now from the book spirit of prophecy volume 1 page 81 paragraph 3 it says before the flood there were immense forests the trees were many times larger than any tree which we now see they were of great durability they would know nothing of decay for hundreds of years at the time of the flood these forests were torn up or broken down and buried in the earth 
in some places large quantities in some places take note large quantities of these immense trees were thrown together and covered with stones and earth by the commotions of the flood they have since petrified and become coal which accounts for the large coal birds which are now found this coal has produced oil god causes large quantities of coal and oil to ignite and burn rocks are intensely heated limestone is burned and iron ore melted take note i take that again look at this is the formation of these volcano eruptions here first of all we see the petrification of forests under the ground from the flood and also the petrification of the remains of the animals and humans who lived before the flood petrified turned to coal and oil now this coal and oil large quantities of coal and oil they ignite because you know they are very flammable even the gases a lot of gases there they ignite and burn rocks are, are intensely heated limestone is burned and iron ore melted water and fire under the surface of the earth meet so when water and fire meets what happens steam gas now go on it says the action of water upon the limestone adds fury to the intense heat and causes earthquakes volcanoes and fiery issues the action of fire upon water fire and water upon the ledges of rocks and ore causes loud explosions which sound like muffled thunder these wonderful exhibitions will be more numerous and terrible just before the second coming of christ and the end of the world as signs of its speedy destruction coal and oil are generally to be found where there are no burning mountains or fiery issues when fire and water under the surface of the earth meet the fiery issues cannot give sufficient vent to the heated elements beneath the earth is convulsed the ground heaves and rises into swells or waves and there are heavy sounds like thunder under the ground the air is heated and suffocating the earth quickly opens and i saw villages cities and burning mountains carried down together into the earth this is how volcanoes happen but the bible has something to say about it also when we go to the book of nahum chapter 1 verse 3 talks about the formation of these volcanoes just as i described as it was described now in this book um, spirit of prophecy volume 1 page 82 it says the lord is slow to anger and great in power and will not at all acquit the wicked the lord has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm and the clouds are the dust of his feet he rebuketh the sea and maketh it dry and dried up all the rivers Bashan languisheth and Carmel and the flower of Lebanon languisheth. The mountains quake at him and the hills melt and the earth is burned at his presence. Yea, the world and all that dwell therein. Who can stand before his indignation and who can abide in the fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like fire and the rocks are thrown down by him. Now, how is it formed? Isaiah 64 verse 1 to 3 says, O that thou wouldest rend the heavens, that thou wouldest come down, that the mountains might flow down at thy presence, as when the melting fire burneth, the fire causeth the waters to boil, to make thy name known to thine adversaries, that the nations may tremble at thy presence. 
So what did he say there? The fires make the waters to boil. That's under the ground. And when it boils, the steam heats it and opens up the ground. And there you see the melted ore with the limestone coming as molten magma. That's what we call volcanic eruptions. But what is the purpose of all this? This is this are the, These are the Lord's elements. These are the Lord's weapons to use when he comes to destroy the earth. Spirit of Prophecy, Volume 1, page 82, paragraph 2. God controls all these elements. They are his instruments to do his will. He calls them into action to serve his purpose. These fiery issues have been and will be his agents to blot out from the earth very wicked cities like Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. They will go down alive into the pit. These are evidences of God's power. Those who have beheld these mountains burning, pouring forth fire and flame and a vast amount of melted ore, drying up rivers and causing them to disappear, have been struck with terror at the grandeur of the scene. They have been filled with awe as though they were beholding the infinite power of God. These manifestations bear the special marks of God's power and are designed to cause the people of the earth to tremble before him and to silence those like Pharaoh who proudly say, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice? End of quote. The Lord wants us to understand, as it was before the flood, so it will be now. If we exalt the things of this earth, the earthly treasures, to the forgetting of God, then we will be among those who, when he comes, will be destroyed. But if we raise the heavenly treasure above the things of this earth, if we would use our talents, our mind, our resources that we have to glorify his name, then we will be among those who will sing, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. And everyone who has made the heavenly treasure the first consideration will join in this glad triumphant strain. May that be our experience in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. A school for mind and morals. You know, I was just wondering, I cannot but help ask myself, why is it that every time God created and gave to men objects, things that are supposed to be as tokens to draw their thoughts and their attention to Him, will turn around to obscure those things will turn around to obscure him to hide him from men now let's take a car manufacturing company for example like Chevrolet and let's say they decide to come down to Africa and to recruit 20 young engineers train them and then carry them to Germany to run an assembling line and so in line with that project they came down to Africa, took their 20 students, and then built a state-of-the-art lab for them. Now the students entered the lab where they were supposed to learn about Chevrolet and how they manufacture cars. And they started learning about it. And, but along the line, their attentions were diverted. Instead of learning about Chevrolet, they started learning about the building, the lab, the paintings, the metallic chairs and tables, the electronic boards. In fact, they forgot about Chevrolet and the plants and they started holding worship services for the equipments in the labs. 
You see, friends, that's exactly what is going on here in the reading. He said, The great architect has formed and fashioned the scenes of nature that they may have an important bearings upon man's intellectual and moral character. So these things we see around us was that God designed them to help improve man's intellectual and moral character. The sun, the moon, the oceans, the trees. Our brother talked about all of them. These are to be God's school to educate the mind and morals. Here the mind may have a vast field for study in the display of the majestic works of the infinite one. But oh, they became objects of worship. Instead of praising God for giving them the moon and the sun, they started worshiping the sun and the moon. And I'll read now from Patriarchs and Prophets, page 81. It says, The children of Seth went in the way of Cain. They fixed their minds upon worldly prosperity and enjoyment and neglected the commandments of the Lord. Men did not like to retain God in their knowledge. They became vain in their imaginations and their foolish hearts was darkened. Therefore God gave them over to a mind void of judgment. Now see why God added the words remember to the seventh day Sabbath because men will later give credit to the Son as creator even dedicating a day to its worship. In the third paragraph it says men thought themselves wiser than God and altogether too wise to obey the statutes and precepts of Jehovah. Let us now go back to creation week. We see that every time God gives man a gift, he will have to struggle with, to compete with that gift. Have you given gifts to children and try to take it back? And you see how hard it is to take it back from them. You will compete with the gift. Patriarchs and Prophets, page 33 says, Every manifestation of creative power is an expression of infinite love. The sovereignty of God involves fullness of blessings to all created beings. The psalmist say, Strong is thy hand, and, thy, and high is thy right hand. Righteousness and judgment are the foundation of thy throne. Mercy and truth go before thy face. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. In thy name do they rejoice all the day. And in thy righteousness are they exalted. For thou art the glory of their strength. For our shield belongeth unto Jehovah, and our King to the Holy One. Psalms 89 verse 13 to 18. After the earth with its teeming animals and vegetable life had been called into existence, man, the crowning work of the Creator, and the one for whom the beautiful earth had been fitted up, was brought upon the stage of action. To him was given dominion over all that his eye could behold. He who set the starry walls on high and tinted with delicate skill the flowers of the field, who filled the earth 
and the heavens with the wonders of his power when he came to crown his glorious work to place one in the midst to stand as ruler of the fair earth did not fail to create a being worthy of the hand that gave him life god himself gave adam a companion he provided a help meet for him a helper corresponding to him one who was fitted to be his companion and who could be one with him in love and sympathy and in summary we realize that god gave adam eve and when eve came the gift became a stumbling block and so it is with us today all god has given us if we are not careful instead of drawing our attention to him will become a stumbling block and so why close may we always realize that the earth is the lord's and the fullness thereof whatsoever our eyes rests upon the great jehovah had laid the foundations of the earth he had dressed the whole world in the garb of beauty and had filled it with things useful to man he had created all the wonders of the land and of the sea but all those things were designed as lesson books to draw our attention to him this is not the end all we see will eventually pass away but he's calling us to a world which is immortal where things never die things never grow old and the one we are in most danger of clinging onto is the trees which is money today you understand that money was made or is been made from trees papers we forget the destination and come down and cling onto the signpost we forget the plan of redemption may we always have these in our forethought that we are heading for a city whose builder and maker is God so my prayer is that whenever we see the gift coming between us and the giver we always realize that we can always let the gift go but not the giver because he can give us something better amen let us pray our father which in heaven we thank you we say blessed be to thy holy name the heavens declare thy glory and the firmament showeth your handiwork day unto day uttereth speech and night unto night showeth knowledge there is no speech no language where their voice is not heard Lord we thank you for all the wonderful things we see around us from the stars in their trackless courses through the space F- follow from age to age their appointed path we see your hand in control of the affairs of men we see how you superintend all the activities of this world although we rest our lives in your hands and we are called today to learn to separate you from the gift that we are not to let the gift eclipse you we are to allow the gift to teach us about you oh lord help us to know the difference that we may live to bring honor and glory unto thy name we make this request through jesus christ our lord amen <music>